welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. I'm Pastor Eric, your host, and as with me as always, um, your other host, uh, Pastor Ben. But today we have two very special guests with us, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Why don't we start with you, Jason? Hey, I'm Jason Borton, uh, lead pastor of Harvest Time Bible Church in Rock Falls. And I am Miles Kukowski, uh, administrative pastor over at Harvest Time in Rock Falls. So today, uh, you'll notice that the podcast is a little bit different. It's actually quite a bit different. Um, we've never done this live. We also do not usually post a video of our podcast. We're also not in our usual space, which is my office. Now we're here in the sanctuary. And uh, the reason that we're doing this differently today is because of the COVID-19 crisis and how we're going to move forward with that. Um, and so what we wanted to do today, um, our church, New Life, is in Sterling, one of the larger churches in Sterling, and then Harvest Time is in Rock Falls, one of the larger churches in Rock Falls. Uh, we wanted to talk to you guys, our community, um, as, as spiritual leaders here in the community, um, and also with a, with a pretty widespread impact in our community, and also um, to and all of our other listeners out there. Uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the COVID-19 virus, um, how we're responding to it, maybe some pastoral counseling for you guys as you navigate um, these unique waters, and also how our churches are responding to this crisis. Um, guys, do you, uh, when we get getting started, how are you guys doing this hmm. week with all this craziness? Good. Just a little, uh, I mean, it's exhausting, but good. I think overall, I uh, feel, yeah, feel good, but tired, but good. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been kind of a 24-7 Caught your your constant oh, influx, and you're constantly on the phone. You're constantly texting. You're constantly checking with, you know, city officials, other pastors. You know, tr- constantly looking and seeing what, well, you know, what what's going on. What do we need to be doing? So it's just a feels like a constant, just constant. Like this is like a breath where you're like, mm. okay, we're doing this, and we're like putting the phones away and yeah. stuff. You know, so take a deep breath. Yeah, ever since Sunday, I think for a lot of us when it became very real when President Trump threw on the 15, 15 days to try to halt the virus yeah. and said no gatherings over 10. And I mean, there's very, very few churches. I mean, our, our small groups aren't even that size. And so it pretty much just, you know, put the kibosh on everything. And, and it made all of us go not into panic mode, but in kind of a strategy of how do we connect with each other? How do we connect with our community? How do we care for our people in that time? And so for me, I think what really hit me is on Monday, a lot of you guys probably saw a little video I posted. That's not my, that's not my forte or really, I don't really even like to do that type of stuff, but God just really laid on my heart. It's like right now, every leader in town, every leader in, in our the Sock Valley, in, in our states, our nation and our globe, no matter what you think about them or what I might say to my wife in my house about them, um, <laughs> In that moment, I mean, their, their hearts uh, flipped on for our community and our world, and they wanted to care for people and love people and protect people. Mm. And, uh, and when you do that and when you make a, a leadership decision, the reality is you're going to hit from both sides. Yeah, that's I mean, right. I mean, it's, there's no, you can't please everybody, you can't make everybody happy. And I was just so concerned about our leaders that that's a, such an emotional fatigue that I didn't want them to experience that because I knew they were going to have uh, physical fatigue and you match those two together. It's just a very, very challenging thing. And so, you know, in the midst of that, I think a lot of our leaders are feeling those things. But I also truly feel, and you guys are probably feeling this too, that even though it's early mornings and late nights, the reality is God is, is like empowering us in a way yeah, that, I, you know, I, it's, it's beyond that. I mean, I, I feel energized mm-hmm. in a way, not in a morbid way, but ener- energized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm praying and concerned about our community, but I'm also excited about what, what God is going to do mm-hmm. in this moment. Yeah. 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 I know it's been, it, it feels like the last four days have just flown by, you know, it feels like, <laughs> it feels like the, just the time, it feels like it shouldn't be Thursday. It feels like it should be Monday. It's just been <laughs> such a fast, uh, just cause it, it, and it's like all you can think about too, right? I mean, when I get home from work, that's all my wife and I talk about all right. evening long is, is, the virus and the updates and all the new information that's coming in um, practically by the second. So it, it does, it, it, it can be a little exhausting, a little fatiguing to, yeah. to go through this. But um, and, and it's crazy too, because I mean, you think about it, it's, it's been a week. Yeah. 
I mean, since yeah. like all of this has happened, and like last Thursday, basically, it, it just all from there on has been change every day. Yeah. And uh, and so that yeah, it's just it's so fast paced and and uh, uh, it's just yeah, an amazing thing. Yeah, Something no. that's unprecedented. And I, I know I've never experienced anything like this. Yeah. Ever in my entire lifetime, and and so, um, yeah. Interesting stuff. For yeah, sure. a, yeah, definitely a new, and, and no one, you know, I, there's no one alive today that's experienced something like this. This is kind of a new, right, new thing yeah. for a lot of us. Yeah. I, and it is, it, it was so fast because Friday, last Friday, my wife and I were going to go to the fish fry at St. <laughs> Anne's Catholic in Dixon. Mm. And uh, we pulled up to the church and nobody was there. And my wife looked it up and it said it was canceled. And we were like, oh, that's so weird that they canceled fish fry like it's not a not a super huge gathering and you know it's like again we're out in a rural community we're not in a city so it felt weird and then by sunday they had the first confirmed case in whiteside county and you're like oh it's like it's here yeah right right i remember being at uh, bible college for um just the first september 11th and you know college first first class was ongoing and someone came in and said you know hey the trade tower has just been attacked and like that i remember everything shutting down you know for that and it didn't necessarily affect me personally or anyone that i knew uh and this is just so different on a completely different level of like you said not knowing anything like this the only thing i would compare it to was having everyone's life that you knew of at the time during september 11th kind of put on hold you know and thinking well what's you know, what's going to happen, and then pretty quickly, you know, yeah, you had some games close, and you had some of that, but this is just on a worldwide level of kind of shut down, slow down, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild, and as we get into this, um, I want to talk a little bit about what the COVID-19 disease is, uh, because there's a lot of misinformation out there, and so what I did is I just uh, compiled this about 11.30 today, and this is all directly from the CDC uh, the White House and from the Whiteside County Health Department. So uh, I, am, I ask you, please, um, if you are keeping up with this, um, make sure that you are using really good sources. Um, don't listen to what people say on Facebook, uh, because most of the time Facebook, the things that get spread are not fact. So make sure that if you are going to post something or if you're going to re- respond to something, make sure it has a citation from the CDC or something like that. But don't add to the hysteria, because that's what we want to avoid. Um, so for those of you who maybe are a little bit confused or you've tried to stay away from all this, um, the COVID-19 virus uh, or the COVID-19 disease, it's a respiratory disease um, that's caused by what's called a, no- a novel coronavirus. And it's called novel because it's not one that we've seen before. It's not one that we have any immunity built up to. It's a new strand of virus. The coronavirus as a whole is, is similar to the common cold. In fact, we've all probably had a coronavirus at some time in our life. It's similar to the common cold. It's an upper respiratory infection. Um, when you go to the doctor and you're sick and they say you have an upper res- respiratory infection, that means common cold. So the coronavirus is that, an upper res- respiratory infection. Um, this particular one is new. It's not one that we've seen, which is why it's so, um, it seems so dangerous to us is because it's spreading so quickly. They call it COVID-19 uh, because it's the coronavirus of 2019. So it's uh, our coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. Um, and so, of course, it develops, as we know, um, in China. That's where it spread primarily. And then, of course, it's gone all over the world now um, as it spread. The reason that this is so different um, is because of how rapidly it's spreading. As of 1030 today, uh, there are about 230,000 people in the world who are infected with this, have the disease, have COVID-19, which... And, you know, there's whatever, how many people are there? Seven billion people in the world. So we're talking a small percentage, but the fear is that it spreads so quickly. And it's also fairly uh, minor, low asymptomatic for a lot of people. Um, and so it's easy to spread it. And we see that, especially in Italy right now, how quickly that's spread and then how dangerous it can be. And so the concern that the CDC and the White House have is not necessarily for people getting sick and dying because the uh, that percentage is pretty low. It's higher than influenza, um, but it's still fairly low. We're not talking about a huge number of people who are going to be, um, have major severe issues with this virus. We're not talking about a huge amount of people who are going to um, die because of this virus. But the concern is keeping the healthcare system um, from being strained, from being tightened. 
Uh, so what we're seeing in Italy right now is um, that they didn't do that. They didn't take the precautions um, that the White House and the CDC have suggested now, and it's actually straining their healthcare system. So they're having to turn people away. And then you, become, you come to the hard decision of, do we turn away the 80-year-old who's going to be on a respirator for three months, taking up a hospital bed for three months, and they may still die. There's a 20% chance that they may die. Or are we going to, um, uh, are, are we going to admit the 40-year-old who uh, maybe won't die, but they're only going to be in the hospital for two days? Right? You see that issue where now hospitals have to make a hard call. Do we take up a bed for three months or do we take up a bed for two days? Um, and, of course, uh, unfortunately, um, what they're finding is the most responsible option is to admit the 40-year-old. And so now there's going to be a higher rate of um, death because they're not able to care for all those high-risk, at-risk people. Um, so the high-risk individuals are those who are 60-plus and those who have underlying health conditions. Um, they call it, uh, there's actually like a comorbidity rate. Um, so it's not necessarily that the coronavirus itself is the thing that causes the death, but it's the coronavirus, the COVID-19 disease on top of the issues that they already have. Mm. Um, which is what they're trying to reduce. So um, that's what the COVID-19 virus is. Um, and as of right now, there are um, only a couple of things that the CDC and the White House are saying for sure what we're, what we're doing. Um, President Trump has announced a plan along with the White House uh, COVID-19 task force, and they call it 15 days to slow the spread. Um, and essentially what these guidelines are, you can Google that. There's a PDF from the CDC um, website that you can read all this yourself. And essentially what they say is um, don't, don't travel unless you absolutely have to. Um, if you can work from home, work from home. Um, don't get out and go shopping unless you absolutely have to. If you're a high-risk individual, don't go out at all. Um, if someone in your household is sick, don't go out at all. If you have any sort of symptoms, a cough, a fever, a runny nose, anything like that, don't go out at all. Um, they're essentially trying to slow down um, people getting out and spending a whole bunch of time outside. Of course, now our state government, along with many other state governments, have closed down uh, bars and restaurants from dine-in uh, for dine-in options, and they've only everything's only to go or drive-through. And again, that's all to just help slow down the spread because we're not trying to. It's not necessarily that they're worried about everyone um, getting sick. They're worried about overwhelming the healthcare system. So they're just simply trying to slow down the spread, and that's um, from the White House and the CDC all the way down to our state government. They're all doing the same thing. So our response then um, is to that, and our churches have had different responses. Um, and so what, what I wanted to do here was to give you guys an opportunity, uh, to give us an opportunity to share some of our thoughts um, to our congregation, to our community, um, some pastoral thoughts about how we should be handling this situation spiritually, how we should be handling it emotionally, some things that we can do moving forward. Um, so we're going to do that first, and then we're going to talk about what our churches are doing to respond to the issue. So I just want to open up the floor to you guys. Um, what are some things that you want your congregation to know um, during this time of kind of slowdown? Some people are in lockdown. Things seem a little tense. What do you want your congregation and in, in our community to know? I guess I'll go first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think the biggest thing is that, uh, I mean, number one, trusting and relying on the Lord and on a relationship with the Lord and really seeking to develop the, that deeper. Um, I, I mean, <clears throat> if anywhere we're going to turn, the greatest place for us to turn is to the Lord. And I, I'm always reminded of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. And so, um, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't think. And that's not that's not what that's not what the writer is saying at all. Of Proverbs is that we shouldn't think, or that we shouldn't use our brains, or that somehow that stuff needs to be checked at the door. But but I think when we elevate our thinking above trusting God, that's when it becomes a problem. And so, um, for us, it's just you know what? Hey, let's we trust in God and we trust in um, the fact that he knows what's going on. This hasn't caught him off guard. Um, you know, that's the message I continue to say over and over again is that God is fully aware of what's happening and uh, he is in control and that we can trust him. Why? Because he's the one true living God. And so we trust him and uh, think about Psalm 20 where it talks about some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. 
And, uh, and that's, that's just, you know, if nothing else, take this time to lean into and lean on God and uh, draw closer to Him. Um, you know, take the time uh, with family. Uh, make the most of every opportunity. Again, I think the Bible makes that clear. Um, we should be taking the most of every opportunity, making the most of every opportunity, redeeming the time is kind of the idea behind that. Um, and just really, uh, again, I think thinking creatively. Um, we have a creative God who, who lives in us through the Holy Spirit because of a relationship with Jesus, and so that makes us creative. Um, and some people don't think that they're creative. Um, I would disagree. I think you are. You just got to let God direct you. Um, and uh, again, it's just, yeah, I think the most important thing is, is really rely on and draw into uh, that relationship with God. So, um, and then, you know, be wise. Be wise about what you're doing. Be wise about how you're doing it. Um, Galatians talks about that, uh, of just that, uh, the whole idea of reflecting, being imitators of God. Um, and uh, Galatians, uh, I believe it's 5.16, talks about being imitators of God. Or 5.1, I can't remember. But anyway, it's there. <laughs> um, and uh, <clears throat> just really being imitators of God, but being wise in that. Um, and how we love and how we respond to those uh, around us. Um, so I think, yeah, th- those things are vital for us in this time mm-hmm. and every time. I mean, honestly, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for this whole, <clears throat> this whole past week, I mean, it's obviously been a challenging piece of, of leadership, diving into the Bible. I mean, there's, there's no scriptures that specifically say when COVID-19 hits or when a pandemic hits, <laughs> right. uh, proceed this way. Right. And, and so we don't have those, but we take the principles of what God says. And, and the verse that's really been driving me just goes down to the great commandment, hmm. which is we, we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second one is exactly like it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. So I think for us, a lot of it came down to how do we love our neighbor during this time? Yeah. And, and, and sometimes loving your neighbor means not putting them in a place that's dangerous. Right. And so for us, I know we'll get to that in a second, but we had to make the hard decision to say we're not offering on-campus services mm-hmm. during this season because we, we love you too much to unintentionally give you something that I might not even know I have because mm-hmm. I shake your hand because I love you and I care for you and I, I want that warm embrace, mm-hmm. but then unintentionally you find yourself on a respirator. And, and so how do we love people during this time? That was really the, the guiding force. And so we're going to get to that here in a second of how each of our churches are really trying to, to love our community. But the other thing that's really stuck out to me, and it was really probably like Saturday, Saturday morning or Friday night before our, our first weekend service this last week, hmm. where God just kind of spoke to me and said, look, it is in crisis. It's in these moments that, mm-hmm. are, that are hardships that the church... <laughs> really tends to grow and thrive and, and do what the church is supposed to do. Mm. And when we see in the early churches this crazy thing where Jesus hands off the ministry to disciples, which first of all is strategically not great, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> to these guys who are uh, essentially novices trained, but kind of novices at that point in time, and they must have been panicking, freaking out. Mm. But they began to share the faith, and the, and the faith began to spread despite persecution. And then Rome really put down his thumb on them, and we're killing off all these guys, and what happens? The, the faith didn't stop. Mm-hmm. It actually grew mm-hmm. in, in the midst of that. It grew because uh, under pressure, Christians, you know, if they're really falling and seeking God, shine bright. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe this is just another opportunity where you know, we feel this pressure, we feel this tension, we feel this anxiety and concern. And uh, we shouldn't, uh, you know, this should be a time when the church shows up as the church for our community in our in our world and I hope that uh, I hope that God saves every life and uh, physically but I also hope God saves every life spiritually and mm-hmm. I think this is a time when people hopefully will draw near to God and believers around our community no matter what uh, church sign looks like out front that uh, they will share their faith with those around them mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the administrator in me is like plan we come up with a plan we come up with a plan we come up with a plan uh, <clears throat> and throughout our our existence basically um we try to plan and we try to make sure we you know and and this is something that's caught us um 
and we say, well, we have a plan for things. And the Lord says, I have a plan. I have a plan for you. And, and you know, we believe that, hey, what's your plan for us now, Lord? And, and we want to try to not, and one thing I've been encouraged with is let's try not to say, uh, Lord, here's my plan. Bless it and help me move forward. No, let's come to the Lord and say, Lord, this is something that's new. This is something that's different. How can we be the love to our neighbor that we need to be? How can we love the person that sits next to us at church? Um, you know, how can we do that? Lord, don't let me bring it to you and ask you to bless it, but show me what you would have me to do. And this is, you know, not part of what the church has thought of and planned for the last 20, 30, 50 years. Mm-hmm. This is different, and I, I think the Lord's saying, "Hey, let's let's think differently too." You know, how can we how can we always love each other? Yeah, there were two kind of two verses that um, one verse is one that that Pastor Ben came in Monday, um, and we kind of shaped our whole the whole way that we are talking about this issue uh, was Second Timothy one seven. But we have not been given a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. uh, but a spirit of power of love and a sound mind or, or self-discipline, depending on the translation. Yeah. Um, and so we were heading into this. We knew that some people were going to um, make the claim that we were fearing the virus more than we were fearing God. And they were going to push kind of a foolhardiness going into this. And we really wanted to counteract that in saying, you know, when we make these choices, they're not out of fear, but they're out of confidence. Um, confidence in God, they're out of love for our neighbor, and also they're out of a, sel- a sound mind or, or self-discipline. And I know um, all coming from a generally reform, reformational kind of background, you know, we're all Protestants, um, and especially being Lutherans, um, Martin Luther emphasized a lot of vocation. And so when people were wondering how do we do the Christian uh, life well, uh, Martin Luther's answer was not go to the monastery, become a monk. It was go do your work really well. Mm. And so, and I know that, um, you know, all Protestants kind of picked up this priesthood of all believers, mm. this kind of emphasis on vocation that all work is God's work. And so for us, having a sound mind or having self-discipline means that listening to the people who are experts at this, mm-hmm. um, they are placed there by God. They don't fear, they, they don't fear, there are good, there are Christians who serve in the CDC and are working mm-hmm. really, really hard, and they are, I believe all people, even if they're not Christians, are God-appointed, mm-hmm. that, that God has placed them in that, that place, given them the, the vocation to do their work well, mm-hmm. and that's how they're serving and loving mm-hmm. their neighbor. That's mm-hmm. how they're serving and loving the world. And so God is working through them. So for us, it really became, um, how, do we, how do we change the conversation from, fear of God versus fear of virus to, no, 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 God has provided a way for us to um, interact with and walk forward with confidence and love. And part of that is listening to the, listening to the experts. Mm. When they tell us, um, when they give us recommendations, it's not, it's not out of fear, but it's because they know how to handle these types of situations. Mm. And so it's actually, it's actually I, I think it's honoring to God to listen and respect those experts who have been given the vocation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the epidemiologists and the pathologists who've been given the vocation to do that work. Um, so when they tell us something, um, we should listen to it. So yeah, so for us, it really became, uh, how, do we, how do we walk in power and love and have self-discipline? That was really the first verse that came, um, came into our mind. In our weekly meetings, we were talking a little bit about, you know, all these things. And uh, one of our guys, Aaron, was... He said, you know, there's a fine line between, really, between wisdom and faith um, or knowledge and faith. And some people that have knowledge don't believe they need faith. And some people that have faith sometimes don't believe they need knowledge or wisdom. And so, you know, merging those two and walking that fine line of what are we being told in light of that? How can we best serve our community and our people and keep everyone safe? Yeah, because Jesus also commanded the disciples to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. You know? mm-hmm. um, so there is this kind of there, there's kind of a, a two two ways forward um, that aren't uh, opposed to each other, but they are in tension, right? That mm-hmm. that we do need to both be wise and shrewd, um, which we you know in, in we're told in the garden that that the snake was um, the craftiest. It was the wisest. That's mm-hmm. the word. It was the wisest of all 
um, animals. So we, you know, we're told to kind of be a little bit crafty and shrewd and wise as we move forward, mm -hmm. but also to be innocent, you know. And I think that people's responses, um, we kind of see maybe them go one, one direction or the other, right? They're either, oh, it's not going to get me, I'm fine, I'm not worried about the virus, or I'm going to go out and buy all the toilet paper. That's our tendency, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? You know, it's like hoarding is not being innocent as a dove, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So right. um, I think that people do kind of tend to go in one of those two directions on the spectrum when we're kind of called to walk forward with that tension of how do we both be wise and, and innocent. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, good. Anything else, guys? Any other thoughts? This is, this is live. This is the, your opportunity, direct <laughs> access. Um, and by the way, guys, I just pulled up um, our, uh, the live stream from Facebook on my phone. So if you are watching on Facebook and you do have any questions, um, go ahead and type them in. It'll be delayed a little bit, um, but you can go ahead and type those in, and um, we'll maybe answer some questions if we have some time um, toward the end. But, so if you do have any questions, go ahead and, and enter them in. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about how our um, churches are responding. We'll kind of give you guys the floor first. Um, how, how is your church responding? What's the protocol now? Um, and, and what information do you want the community to know about, about your, your work? Yeah, I mean, so we have uh, closed our campus um, completely at this point and said that moved all of our services to online. Um, and, uh, you know, those are... Again, um, all available online through our uh, website, htvc.church. Um, and at the regular scheduled times, um, we're also looking at, you know, we've, we've, our life groups, all those, we've asked them not to meet together, but to creatively look at ways that they can, they can be meeting together. Um, and many of them are doing that. Some are doing that through Facebook uh, video. Some are doing that through Zoom. Some are doing that through uh, Google Hangouts, um, so there's lots of different, there's so many different ways that you can do it. Some are even doing it through uh, just um, conference calling with telephones. Um, go to meeting, um, there's a free conference, uh, I can't remember the exact thing, but you Google it, free conference calls. Um, so there's a lot of different, you know, really just trying to help people say, hey, let's get creative in how we're thinking about this. Um, but also, uh, you know, we, we, so everything's available online. Um, everything is is uh, available not just live but also on demand because uh, you can, we utilize YouTube, um, have a YouTube channel, Harvest Time Live Streaming. You can search it, go to it, and you can watch it on demand. So it's not like, I mean, if you, you know, sleep past 8.30 or whatever on Sunday and you're like, oh, I missed the service. Um, no, it's it's there. You can get it on demand and watch it anytime. Um and uh, so those things are available. We're continually updating Facebook, our Facebook page, uh, with all kinds of stuff. Um, and uh, myself, the other pastors, some of our deacons even are, are just putting up daily uh, encouragement on the, on the Facebook page. Um, and then also the website, keeping that up to date as much as possible. Um, and then, uh, we're, you know, we're looking at what are some practical ways? One of the things that we're going to be doing is launching tomorrow, actually, uh, our what we're calling care response teams. We have uh, a whole bunch of folks in our in our church that are that high risk um, individuals, and we want to help provide for them. If nothing else, what it's about is calling them, praying with them, encouraging them, because a lot of times when we when we isolate uh, and and whatever we get. We, we can allow loneliness and depression and discouragement mm -hmm. to set in. Mm -hmm. So we're like, hey, what can we do to encourage and pray, but also um, just stay um, in touch with people because there's some people that don't have anybody that's calling them, anybody that's, that's caring for them. Some people, you know, while we're saying people shouldn't go out, okay, well, how are they going to get their medicines? How are they going to get groceries? How are they going to get uh, all of these different things that we're saying don't go out We've got to be able to provide for that um, where families are not providing for that. So, I mean, we, we believe that it's be strongly that families should be stepping up for their family members and doing that for their families. But we realize that in some cases that's not going to be the, the thing. But if we're not intentionally contacting, we'll never know that. Mm -hmm. So that's what the, the care response teams are going to be doing is intentionally uh, contacting those individuals, staying in touch with them, 
um, and uh, being a part of that. Um, and then other things that, you know, as, as opportunities, um, I guess the thing is looking at it is saying, okay, what's, again, making the most of every opportunity. What are the opportunities that we have not only to serve our people within the confine of, of, of our folks in our church, because the, the Bible is clear, again, meet the needs of one another, but first of the household of faith, and then mm-hmm. uh, work outside of that. And so we want to not only be meeting the needs of our folks, but also what can we do to meet people's needs in the community. And, and Miles is, is dealing, is really ha- heading that up, um, and I'll, so I'll let him speak to that. But um, there are things that are going on in the community that our community, we can do, still practicing wisdom um, and safety, uh, and yet still able to meet um, actual needs in the community as well. And and so, and I and I would imagine as this thing, if it draws out, if it continues to play out as it is, and it goes longer, the needs in the community, the right. needs within our church are going to become greater and greater. That's right. And so, um, you know, this is, you know, I think Ben, like Ben said, this is the opportunity. We we always say this: be the church every day, everywhere. Um, I love the T-shirts that I've been seeing that say the church has left the building. Um, it, that's the beauty of what's going on is we're being forced into what we should be living out every single day. Not just meeting on Sundays, not just whatever, that that's our time of church. No, no, no. Church is every day, everywhere. And um, so if we can practice that, we're practicing that now. We, we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we should be wanting to. Um, and I, and it's, it's beautiful to watch as people step up and want to volunteer. That's a really cool thing, um, and seeing that, too. So, uh, but Miles can address that, that what we're doing as far as the community, um, community opportunities. As of right now, um, those things are ever-changing, like, kind of like the news um, every day, it seems like. So um, you know, we want to be on top of that. And, and then work together as churches, you know, um, because... Let's just face it, one church is not going to be able to meet the needs of everybody. Right. Two churches, we need everybody. The church needs to step up, be the church every day, everywhere, and not just a church doing this and a church doing that, but everybody everybody working together. Um, and and that's, that's really why we're here um, as part of that is, is just to say we're working together yeah. on this um, in one way or another. And uh, so... Uh, Miles, you can address that uh, community stuff. Yeah, really. Our, uh, I mean, our job descriptions have become fluid. And I was joking with Ben even earlier this week about other duties as assigned, and it's right. like, all right, whatever we were doing, all of our plans. Uh, Jason took over around five years ago as the youth pastor, uh, stepping into the lead pastor role, and we identified some areas that we wanted, you know, we wanted to see growth in back in 2017 and by 2020 our vision was to be meeting needs in our community and now all of a sudden whether we're doing it or not we are being pushed (laughs) into that you know and so one of the things we did is uh we've um been for 40 years we've been next to east coloma school and uh, just little things with them that have been helpful when they need um summer school and they need to clean their building, they'll bring summer school kids over, or um, if they need a place to do an activity or something, they can use our building. So I just called them and said, hey, what, uh, what's some needs that you guys have? Well, you know, school, lunches. Mm-hmm. So um, the administrators in Rock Falls got together, threw me on a thread, uh, along with the JCs and, um, you know, some of the, the rotary. And so we're just figuring out how, during spring break, getting kids lunches, something yeah. as simple as that. Um, telling our people, hey, we need 10 people every day to help hand out lunches uh, to kids, you know, dinners at, at, at night. So things are fluid. Things are changing. We need to be flexible. Um, other duties as assigned are literally coming up every day. Yeah. Um, and as Jason said, as, you know, as our people contact us and as their friends of our people contact us and say, hey, here's what we, we need help with. Here's, here's what we need today, you know. How can we be helping you? So, I mean, that's that's where we're literally living day to day right now, and it is great to have our, you know, have some of our people that are calling and with encouragement and saying, "Hey, praying for you," uh, but also put me in, coach. Where can I help at? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for us, I mean, the story, just like your guys' story, it, it didn't start with the response. It started with all the meetings that happened before the response. And and so I was, I coached baseball at, at Sterling High School, and, you know, I'm out on the field, and all this starts, stuff starts coming down the line of, mm-hmm. hey, the school is going to take a half day today. Okay, no big deal. They're going to meet Monday, you know. Uh, okay, I guess we're going to practice through Monday, and then we'll just we'll just see. And I'll, it just started steamrolling in. And some of it was our communication. Some of it was just the school, like, telling us all the updates. And then, and then of course, uh, the CDC comes in and says, no meetings, you know, over 250. Mm-hmm. And then put all these protocols in place. So we get on Facebook, and, and which is, you know, only going to communicate to so many people. But we, right. we tried our best to say, okay, when you show up on Sunday, it's going to look a little <laughs> bit weird. I'm not going to shake your hand. I'm not going to hug you. I'm not going to fist bump you. I'm going to, I'm going to actually back away from you, mm-hmm. uh, which was the weirdest feeling I've ever had mm, as a pastor. Now, I'm not a touchy-feely guy, yeah. uh, but even that, for me, that type of person, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this, I feel so bad that I can't mm-hmm. just like em- embrace you or hold your hand or shake your hand or whatever, whatever the individual need was. Mm-hmm. And so we started putting all these protocols into place. Uh, right away in our services, and we had about a hundred less people than we normally have on a Sunday because you know it was already getting out there, and people were talking about, it and people were concerned, and so we were hyper, hyper, hyper safe on that Sunday. But as soon as I got home after kind of closing up shop here at church, well, then the announcement goes out that uh, now 50. it's 50, <clears throat> and then before we knew it, it was 10, mm-hmm. and then now I'm calling a meeting with our leadership team that I could have never imagined a conversation. I've never, I mean, we, we bake over things that now are laughable. I yeah. mean, the conversations <laughs> that we've had in the past in those meetings are laughable in compared to, in compared to this, you know, we're yeah, like, it's a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it like, literally was like, we're putting together a budget, you know, and right. like, whoa, you're going to take a hundred dollars from my account. Now they're like, take all of it and please <laughs> yeah. protect people. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just such a crazy thing. So that, that meeting we called an emergency meeting on Monday. I think you guys had the had the same thing right mm-hmm. around the same time, and so we brought in uh, someone intimately connected to the schools, an expert in that area, one of the principals, to kind of share. Okay, how do we care for kids? What are they dealing with? Why are they doing what they're doing? And of course, uh, just before that meeting, President Trump makes his announcement and says, "Hey, 15 days, no one over 10." That made it an easier conversation as far as what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. We also brought in an expert who oversees nursing homes in the area mm-hmm. and does at-home health care and just kind of said, look, this is what the fear of the elderly is. This is the reality of how it's going to hit them. I had talked personally to a CEO at a, at a hospital, kind of like, okay, what's actually going on here? Because Facebook is not helping me right. because it's all over the map. Some people are, are, are saying... The young are impervious, and so go live your lives, and right. it, you know just all sorts of crude things that are connected with that. Mm-hmm. And then some are like, "This is all fake news," or "This is a flawed theory." And some are like, "This is the end of the world." And so just trying to get wisdom mm-hmm. and something that was real and not kind of where it was. So mm-hmm. we met, we talked for two and a half hours, and we came to the exact same conclusion as you guys did, mm-hmm. which yeah. is our campus is closed down to only only essential ministry staff to the point that we actually don't have anyone who's in that high-risk category allowed on campus, even if, even if they are staff. They're all working from home if they're in that category. Mm-hmm. The rest of us are here, and the reason that we have the building on lockdown is, is not because uh, our staff, which is primarily a, a lot of younger people, mm-hmm. we're not concerned that we're going to um, pass away from this, right? That's not the fear. The fear is we could feel perfectly fine, yeah. and someone comes in, and they want to hug because this is a difficult time, or, or they touch the Welcome Center that I had just touched, and I give them this thing, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, they're at home, and they're like, well, you know, it's just the flu. I'll fight through it, and all of a sudden, it's not. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was the reason we locked down our campus. And then, of course, we went into solution mode, right? Right. Like, uh, what, how are you thinking, which is, okay, if this is the reality we're living in, how do we how do we address this? And so we had been set up for online streaming. We started that already the previous week just for people to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were months out. Which we watched, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were months out. We were months out from making all of our services available online 
I mean, we'd worked really, really hard just to get one service out online. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, hey, maybe in a year or two, we'll have enough volunteers who are trained (laughs) to do this. And it's like, well, for better or not, whether it looks great or horrible, Mm -hmm. we're we're providing it. And we just just threw it out there. And so now it's just refining, refining that tool for us. And then right away, we'd already started kind of like what-if scenarios, like, oh, if this gets really bad, what are we going to do? How are we going to move forward? And so we also created uh, what we call the, the COVID-19 Task Force, which bottom line is our name is way better than yours, but we don't <laughs> get into that debate. <laughs> no, I mean, we're all, we're all, whatever we call it, we're trying to care for those Absolutely. who are most, most fragile at this point in time. So Absolutely. the 60 plus, uh, you know, we put a special focus on the, on the 60 plus singles. You know, those who are just sitting at home and and might not have someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've, you know, sent out calls. We have care packages running, Mm -hmm. um, trying to get people connected to online resources, uh, delivering DVDs to those who can't, don't have the Internet, you know, so they can still engage with with God uh, all throughout the week Mm -hmm. or, you know, connect with our worship services. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And and much like much like your situation, uh, Jason, is. You know, I have a partner in crime, too, and so Eric has been overseeing those things because my focus has been oversee the staff, um, lead through this this moment, and, uh, you know, yeah, get ready for the services, which Shepherding. still happen and still takes just as much time. It's right. just that I'm going to be speaking to zero people. Right. Zero people. Yeah. And, there'll, uh, be, there'll be four of us there to laugh at your jokes. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll try, and they're really good about, I hold up the cue card and they laugh. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's all pre-planned. It's pretty nice. Uh, so, so Eric has really uh, been doing that, and, but the reality is everything is different. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to have individual meetings with my staff, like, hey, how are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? Fill me in. What are your goals this week? How is it going? Now, every morning at 10 in the morning, we're in here, yeah. everyone. And we're like, okay, this is what's happening today. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, you're actually the youth guy and you're not actually a grocery pickup person, but today you are a grocery pickup person mm-hmm. to make sure everyone has food in our family. And, and then especially over the next week or two, three, as long as this thing goes on, that's, mm-hmm. that demand is going to ramp up. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we can expand that. But, I mean, right now the reality is as far as the weekend worship experience is, Understand we'd love, we would love, I mean, we'd all love to have everyone there. We'd all love it to be normal, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah right? it's very, Absolutely. it's very unique when you're the only one here. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. you're still. Yeah. I mean, we're working through, we're working towards Easter. Right. And, and all those, you know, yeah. I just, I just kind of shake my head at my past self, my two day ago self. <laughs> who's like, <laughs> all the good man, I'm, I'm really tired because, you know, <laughs> Easter's coming. There's a lot to do. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's just, it's gotta be perfect. And there's people and yeah, yeah. everyone's going to come rolling in. And now I'm like, how silly, yeah. how silly. Yeah. I mean, people are sick and scared and, uh, and, uh, all, all those things. So just mm-hmm. getting ready to care for people. Yeah. But, uh, I think it's know, a, a good time to tell our people too. Hey, um, even on the podcast, hey, if you need something, let us know. Yeah. Your church is here for you. Your family is here for you. Your church family is here for you. So we are putting these in place for you to take advantage of and to uh, to come in and ask. Yeah, this is this is not the time to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, ask for help. That's how I was raised. Like, yep, you figure it out, do it yourself. Don't ask for help. Right. Um, and if that's you know if that's your kind of personality, please you know please don't please don't do that. Right. <laughs> um, the other thing too is. Uh, Harvest Time has uh, live streaming. We have live streaming. Not every church has those those uh, realities, and uh, so please, this isn't a hey, you know, end up at Harvest Time or end up at New Life. That's that's obviously silly. Yeah. Um, but if your church, you know, if your church isn't um, offering anything right now, we see that thing on Facebook. Share it. There's someone out there who maybe doesn't go to a church that needs to connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's somebody whose their church is closed and they have nothing to connect with, you know, connect with them, point them to the website, get them connected because not everyone has these capabilities and we do want to continue, continue to connect mm-hmm. as a family of faith. And even more so than ever before is dropping the labels and connecting and caring mm-hmm. and understand that we have, yeah. we have, we have one God and we have one savior in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of our, our big thing right now. But uh, Eric, why don't you share with us how we're, how is the task force yeah. taking care of our family and, and probably will end up taking care of our community in, in some ways for those who need it? Yeah, for sure. So phase one for us was really asking the question, um, 
how do we care for those people who are high risk, who are recommended to stay in their homes, where all of a sudden, if you're 60 plus, the CDC in the White House is saying, don't leave, don't, don't go out to do anything. Um, if they're heeding that advice, now they're stuck at home. Um, so the first question was, how do we serve those people? So we identified about 170 people who fit the high risk category in our, in our member role. Um, and we, Tuesday, I just got like 10 people and we just made calls to every single one of them. Um, so we contacted over the last couple of days, every single one of those people. Um, and so that was kind of the first, one of the first steps that we did. But even before that, um, there are five, there are five pillars. I call them five pillars of activation, um, for this task force. And the first one was prayer. So, I mean, Monday we made that decision. Tuesday, uh, Ben was crafting language as well as fielding lots of calls and helping us plan and doing all this kind of business, crafting language for a, a release, like a press release of, of what we were going to be doing, the letter to be sent out to our congregation, the whole, the whole nine yards. Um, before that was made public, I called our prayer team leader and just said, this is what's happening. We need lots and lots of prayer. Get the prayer team going right away. Um, and so that was kind of the first pillar was just to increase our prayer, um, our prayers to God during this time. Um, the second one was um, making sure that uh, we have kind of a care, care response, like calls, mm-hmm. that people are being contacted, we're telling them what's going on, we're telling them why the decision is being made, and we're pointing them to what, what is available for them in this time where they really aren't supposed to be leaving their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, then we've got, we you know, just brought all the information together. We know who's like, hey, I really, I really need some help getting groceries because I'm not going to get out, and so I need a care package every week just to get groceries. So, all right, great. We know who needs that. We know who wants to be contacted every week and just check in on them, make sure they're doing okay, make sure if they need groceries then. Um, and then also if they need a DVD of the services, if they don't have Internet access or if they don't feel comfortable live streaming, um, just getting all that information together and then distributing it. Um, and so our life groups are the ones who are stepping into that distribution. They're the ones who um, are going to be putting the boxes together and then delivering them to the people who need them. Um, so we're really trying to activate as many people, especially young people, people who are not at high risk, um, especially those who are not at work because of this thing. We want to we activate that community to serve those who aren't supposed to be leaving um, leaving their house. Uh, we do know that over the following weeks, things will adjust and change. Um, and I think that we are all probably in agreement here that this thing's going to be a lot longer than March 30th, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we really are, you know, we are asking the questions, you know, what do we do if we're talking four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks? I mean, the CDC um, has already suggested um, that any gatherings over 25 be canceled for the next eight weeks. I mean, if we're talking if it extends out that far, um, obviously the infrastructure is going to have to massively change of how we care for people. So we really wanted to identify the high-risk people in our congregation. Um, how can we serve them? Uh, we know that already you, know, you guys are working to get um, meals to families. We know that the school district's working to get meals for families. We knew that there were a lot of people working on that. And so we, are, we wanted to wait until a couple of phases to step into that need and get people involved in that. Um, so right now, this first week, our concern was those people who can't get out, what if they need groceries? What if they need um, soap? What if they need hand sanitizer? What if they need toiletries? Um, what if they were afraid to go out and get toilet paper um, when there's all that hysteria this weekend? So we really wanted to identify them and care for them this first week, and then knowing that over the next couple of weeks, you know, we, next Monday, things may be totally different again, um, just like they were this last weekend. So that's what we're doing this first week, the first couple phases of activation um, is caring for our high-risk population. Mm-hmm. So that's what we got going on. I think sometimes too, I, I you know just going through my mind, but a lot of times it seems like people want to wait for a structured program right. in order to do stuff. Yeah. And I, I think we we all agree you don't need to wait for that. Yeah. Like I mean, if you've got neighbors that are in that category of high risk, or you've got neighbors that aren't able to get out or whatever, listen, go reach out to them. Yeah. Um, you, you don't need to have direct contact with them. Face, you know, it, it can look, they on one side of the door, you're on the other side of the door. You can offer them your phone number. You can say, hey, if something comes up, call me, whatever. I'll go get groceries for you. I'll go to the, you know, the pharmacy for you. You don't got to wait for a program from us right. in order to do something. You can be right. doing something about it um, on your own uh, and just do it um, because... 
because yeah, we're I mean we're trying to be intentional about the people that are in our care. But the truth is, yeah. our circle of influence is so not small, the same right. as yours. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, go take care of those people, people in your family, people in your neighborhood, whatever you can do. Um, it's way bigger than just, I mean, just in this area, there's so many people just in this area alone. Um, a couple churches, even, uh, even if all the churches were involved, um, there still would be need for people to do stuff on their own and yeah, totally. go and reach people and take care of uh, those needs. So um, it is about you know us as as Americans banding together and helping each other out. Yeah. It's really cool when you see things like Zion Williamson and others that are stepping up and saying, "I'll don't I will pay I will pay for all of the workers. you know the workers that yeah. where I go to now. where I go to play basketball." And, um, it's a smoothie king. Arena, yeah, by the way. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just like, yeah. you know, those kind of things are awesome to hear about. Um, my, my mom was just telling me about a baseball player, one of the Detroit Tigers, because I'm a, a Tigers fan, and I know these Minnesota guys love that. Um, Mike, are you the only Tigers fan in the I world? might be the only Tigers fan, and my mom, <laughs> in this area, but, but whatever, um, and maybe in the world. Uh, but... You know what? They they're stepping up and they are meeting needs by donating to um, the individuals that are in their care, um, that are in their circle of influence, um, and uh, yeah, they have lots of means to be able to do that. But what's awesome is is that seeing that they're doing that. Yeah. And like one guy, like so Zion steps up, 19 years old, steps up, does that. Now like all kinds of NBA players are doing that. Yeah. And so it takes just, sometimes it just takes one person, like a Zion, like some under the individual, just to step up, do something, and people start following suit, and they're like, okay, I can do something. And yeah, yeah. so I think, I think that's just huge, too. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I want to echo um, your suggestion of going to, going to your neighbors who might be at high risk. Um, I think that is, that's one of the best things we can do right now. So if you're stuck at home, if your work's not, you know, meeting right now, you can go identify three elderly neighbors and just go and reach out to them and tell them um, that you'll pick up their groceries or you'll uh, pick up their medicine, whatever they might need. Uh, my wife and I did that on Wednesday. We went to, we have two elderly neighbors um, that we know of, and we went to them. They're both, you know, their whole, both couples are high risk. Um, we did that. Hey, if you need groceries, let us know. We gave him our number, said, said tell us. We want to help you out. And in fact, um, here this afternoon, um, our members are going to be getting an email. The Gospel Coalition um, produced uh, these uh, nice little kind of, I don't even know what you would yeah. call them. They're I got little, it from Jason. So oh, Jason, <laughs> you got them. So, so they're just flyers, right, that you can write some information down. Yeah. You can write your name. You can tell them where you are or, you know, what house you're in your number, you can tell them you can go pick stuff up, and you can slap it, you know, in their door, and you don't even have to talk to them. You just ring the doorbell, put it in their door, and leave, and just let them know that you are, um, that you're available to them. So for our members, that's going to be going out um, in your emails here this afternoon. Uh, but I can't stress that enough. Just little acts uh, for the people who actually live physically around you. And maybe you don't know your neighbor's names, and now's a great time to learn them, right? Absolutely. Now's a great time to reach out, and uh, and you'll you'll be establishing a relationship with them. So I can't echo yeah. that enough. Yeah, it's amazing what the the little things that make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and those compiled by everybody doing little things makes a massive difference. Yeah, and so, right. um, yeah, if we can do that, that you know, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would say too, even those of you that have kids, you know, they're at home. And, listen. I think one of the biggest things is stop looking at this as I can go do this and I'm going to leave my family at home. Integrate them in that process together. Your kids need to see you doing ministry, caring for other people. They need to see that awesome example that you're leaving. They need to see that because the ultimate thing is kids can do it too. Um, And uh, and be very much involved in it. It's a huge thing that they can watch and be a part of. Um, and, uh, and, and you know what, some of, some of y'all might be, um, just your kids may come to you and say, Hey, can we do, do it? Um, let your kids see that and, uh, and, and be a part of it. Um, and I'm not saying go and invite other people's families to come over and have a powwow together. That's not, that's the, again, that's not being wise, <laughs> but do it with your kids. 
um, and, uh, and, and help them uh, be a part of that process too. Um, but do it with wisdom. Yeah. The, uh, as you guys are talking, I know there's going to be somebody who thinks, okay, I'm going to go serve my neighbor, but they're 72 years old. Um, so as we talk about this, you know, yeah. what, we're, what we're saying is if you're not in the high risk, Yes, this is your opportunity. And yeah. now we have mostly millennials in the in the chairs right now, and we have uh, one Gen X, correct? Is that the? Uh, you got that. Right. All right. Yes. Uh, so we're talking about we're talking about us. Uh, the the reality is our older generation has served us well for so many years. Absolutely. Set us well up in our, in our country. I mean, they've done so much for us, and it's time to turn around and, and give back. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're talking about. Is hey, if you're less than sixty, there's no un- underlying conditions, things like that. This is your chance, but please, please, please. I mean, we're all, we all are on the same page here. Is like, yeah. don't don't be like, hey, I'm 80 and I I, I got through this war, and so I'm going to go get Matilda, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, this, my, the groceries. I right. mean, yeah. I get the spirit, and, and I love yeah. I love that. But please, this is this is our our chance. It's our chance to serve serve them and care for them, and then we'll just drop it off in front. We're not going to we'll knock on the door, we'll walk away. We're okay, not going yeah. inside. We're not making right. contact. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll care for them in that way. I think, and too, I think even that generation, um, I, I would challenge them. Say, you guys get on the phone and call each other, yeah, and and encourage each other, pray for one another. Prayer. Um, I mean, that that's something obviously you, you can do. And and I think sometimes that's a, that's the easiest thing is when when we're put into a situation where we're we're asked not to do something or whatever, we're isolating or whatever, and we think and we really can get super self focused. One of the easiest way to get over that self-focus is to start reaching out to other people and care for other people. And again, even, even the older generation, how can you do that with, with wisdom, mm-hmm. creativity? And, and I mean, you know, I, I know my mom's 73. She, she knows how to get on to Facebook video and, and chat with friends mm. that are same age. So do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Um, you don't need to leave your house. You shouldn't. You, you mean, we're, again, it's not about whether or not you can or can't. It's about whether or not you're going to be protected or not. That's the whole thing. Is so, But you can still love and care for um, your other friends by calling and encouraging and praying um, and doing those things as well. So, yeah, Our expert that came in who was overseeing the, the nursing home, I said, okay, what's our biggest concern here for this, this, this group? And he said, this, of course, there's basic necessities and things like that. We need to be careful that they're hydrated and have food and things like that. But he said, probably the thing that no one's going to be thinking about and the thing that might strike the hardest if this expands is that just isolation and yeah. depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just staying connected, calling each other. We have, you know, part of our team is just calling, yep. yeah, right. shooting the breeze well, with people yep. so that they don't feel all like conversations they're just sitting here for yep. two weeks and no one is speaking to them. Yeah. And you can imagine how, I mean, I have... I have a wife and kids, and you guys are all in the same boat. I go home, they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, Can't get away from them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some, some days, that's a great blessing. But the, uh, no, I mean, I mean, that's the reality is imagine being single yeah. and alone, mm-hmm. and maybe you're really quite old, and your family lives really far apart, and they're dealing with their own crisis, and, yeah. and uh, maybe your friends have since passed. I mean, you know, that's the people that we really want to care for and, mm-hmm. and just make that, that, uh, those conversations with. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, just, I had a conversation this week with somebody who's who's at risk. They're a high risk individual, and they're they're quarantined because of all this. And that's what they said. They said it's just so lonely. It's just so lonely um, being here uh, by yourself. And they even um, they even have a spouse and a dog, right? And they're like, but it's so it feels so lonely when you're told you can't get out. So yeah, I think that um, especially if you are in that high risk category, you may not be able to get out and about. You may not be able to like physically help someone with something. And in fact, you may even be getting help, right? You may be having people bring you groceries, that kind of stuff. Uh, But you can, you can make that call. If you do FaceTime, you can FaceTime or Facebook Messenger, whatever it is, you can be reaching out. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm sure this is the case with you, uh, but if you are in our congregation and you want to help and you are high risk, you want to make some phone calls, call the office. Call me. Uh, email me. I'll get your name on the list. I will give you, I will give you a dozen people to call every week. Right. Um, I'm sure that's the case with you. There are Absolutely. plenty of people um, that can be called, and uh, so we have no shortage of those, especially who just want to make calls mm-hmm. and support each other. Absolutely. Encourage each other.